Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Welcome to Talking Giants, another episode. We're going to do a little cleanup of the Bengals game. We're going to answer mailbag questions. Lots of stuff, man. Feels good going into this final week of preseason. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with Danny King. Danny, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What's on your mind? Well, I'm doing better than Colts fans are, but I'm doing good. I had to say it. I'm sorry. Check out Simple Man Radio. Zach, diehard Colts fan, my co-host. We just put an episode out. Yeah, I'm going to... It was a good listen. I'd highly recommend it. But I'm doing good. Uh, just very excited that this is the final week of the preseason. Uh, it was just also crazy to see college football back last night. And this Saturday, we got a full slate of college football. It doesn't get much better than that. Oh, yeah. And now I can watch college football as an excuse to scout players. Brevin Jordan, tight end in Miami. Woo! When he comes out in the 2021 draft, I cannot wait to see what happens with him. That cat's good. I'm watching Justin Herbert like crazy this weekend just because I, I just need to watch him. I, oh, I just need to see Justin. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so we got some housewarming or housewarming, house, housekeeping to do. Torment. Danny, why don't you run on through it? So uh, Sterling Shepard doesn't have the splint on anymore, so that's good news. He's going to be ready to go for week one. Uh, do you, uh Sam Beal returned to practice. Uh, Bobby, I just want to know, how do you feel about Sam Beal returning to practice really quickly? Uh, it's good. I think he's going to make this team. I really do. Now, you know, the, the further we got away, I got, you know, you got Jenkins, Jenkins, Banker, Haley, and then Valentine. Julian loves the safety at this point. So I got, I got Beal on this team. I think it's too early to give up on him, especially when he's going to be your fifth corner on the depth chart anyway. So uh, I can't, I really hope he gets to play Thursday. I think that's going to be huge for him. I think he knows it, that he needs to go out there and make plays. Uh, so, yeah, but I, I, I know the injuries suck, but I'm also not, like, freaking out about Sam Beal's injuries. No, yeah, neither am I. Just hopefully he doesn't have to go on IR this year like he did last year. Uh, Golden Tate, he practiced with a yellow jersey, obviously non-contact. And, uh, obviously, the biggest news, uh, Daniel Jones will be starting week – well, I guess it's, it, it's big. Daniel Jones will be starting week four against New England. Eli's not going to get any play time. That's not a surprise. But Daniel Jones, we're going to see a – whole lot of Daniel Jones, and I, I am ready to watch Daniel Jones for at least a quarter, possibly two. I know. He just needs to keep up those beautiful stats. The guy, he's the best preseason quarterback of all time. So it's it's been fun. I, I'm looking forward to seeing him out there. Eli's the starter at this point. Uh, and I had a moment uh, on Friday night, Danny. You know, I was watching Eli's uh, talking to the media, and they asked him about the Daniel Jones and the Baker thing. And it just, I don't know, it just kind of hit me like, Eli Man is talking about his replacement. And it really hit I think it hit me for the first time that when he leaves, it's gonna suck, man. He's the only QB I've known since I was in seventh grade. Um it's gonna be a, that's gonna be such a sad day. Like I'm 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 wanting to tear up just talking about it. And it was actually my most well like l- most liked post of all time. 
which is like crazy because like I do all these things and it's just like, man, I'm going to miss Eli. It's like most like post ever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Eli's the starter. Got off track there. Eli's the starter. Uh, what Daniel Jones does uh, Thursday won't mean much. It's going to be all against backups and they're not going to be showing anything um, because we play the Patriots. But nonetheless, we want to see them go out there and do well. So definitely, definitely looking forward to it. It's going to make that fourth preseason game a lot better to watch than, than what it usually is when it's just like unwatchable. No, yeah, uh, but I'll get off track of you for a second there. Uh, yeah, Eli's gone is going to be sad. When, when I had to watch Andrew Luck's press conference, I'm like, man, this is sad to watch. But I, I was like, oh, God, when I have to watch Eli retire, I'll get shot, boy. But no, yeah, uh, it's going to be very fun to watch Daniel Jones for a majority of that game. At last year, we had to watch Tanny and then Loletta. That just almost put me to sleep saying how to think of Davis Webb, too. We, we had to watch oh Davis God, Webb. You had well. Davis Webb as well. Wow, that is crazy to think about. But Dan, uh, it's yeah, as you said, their Patriots are going to be throwing anything special at him. But Daniel Jones got to be going up against players. trying. They're playing for their roster lives right now. So it's going to be fun to see how Daniel Jones handles that. And uh, I'm intrigued to see uh, what off the line they put him in front of. Do they put him? I don't think they're going to put him in front of the first. I just want to see like the makeup of that second team offensive line because Daniel Jones, uh, they, they provided a little challenge for Daniel Jones against the, the Bears in week two. Yeah, um, any more housekeeping before we go and do a little film cleanup on that Bengals game? I believe that's everything, unless I'm missing something. I don't think I am, but I believe that's everything. Okay, definitely. All right, so let me pull up some numbers. I just want to go through this. I just, I just want to go through the formation usage and the pass rush breakdown. Um, three wide receivers, one tight end, one one running back, which is you know the majority of snaps in the NFL, uh, 53% of the time. Uh, with two tight ends, uh, 34% of the time, which is a pretty good number. And I like that. You know, we've talked about how we want to see that. Um, with a fullback in, 7% of the time, uh, four plays. Uh, though I, I do I do see them using that more in the regular season. And then they ran a four wide receiver set. And then uh, on the goal line, they ran the three tight end, two running back, because they don't want to show any goal line plays. Um, so definitely encouraging to see that they're going to be using the two tight end sets more. They used it more with Eli. I know it was only one drive, but with Eli, they used it 36% of the time. With Daniel Jones, they ran it 17% of the time. Uh, but we're going to see a lot of two tight ends, whether it's Ingram and Ellison or Ellison and Simonson. Um, it, it's definitely going to be used a lot this year, Danny. No, that two tight end set is going to be, that's going to be, I believe, the Giants' go to thing. And the Giants have three quality guys they could run that with. Uh, you got Evan Ingram and Red Ellison. You could do Scott Simonson. Uh, uh, Red Ellison and Ellison gets here. You do Simpson Ingram. The Giants are very good at the tight end department. You got the versatile guy in Evan Ingram. Then you got the two trustworthy guys in Ingram and Simpson who are both Giants very much encouragement. They put together a very good drive against that Bengals game with different formations as well. So uh, I'm very happy where the Giants first team offense is. I'm very excited to see them uh, week one in Dallas. Yeah, and then for blitz percentage or, or amount of rushers, the Bengals had 51 dropbacks in the game. Three rushers, one play, which is 2%. That was actually the play that Dexter Lawrence uh, had a tip pass. By the way, Dexter Lawrence played really well. The kid gets doubled like crazy, so maybe we'll get to see him in some one-on-one when we run the you know when we run some different kind of blitz schemes. But it was he played really well. Um, obviously, the numbers aren't flashy, but he played really well. Uh, four rushers, which is just like a, a base rush, 29 plays, 57% of the time. Five rushers, which is the beginning of blitz, 13 plays, 25%. Set Six rushers, seven plays. Seven rushers, one play. 
but with the starters, they blitz 60%. And, you know, uh, we, we'll get into in the mailbag about the blitzing and whatnot. But we definitely amped up the blitz. I think we'll see somewhere between that 40 to 50 range uh, in the regular season. But I think the Giants and the Bengals had an agreement. Like, let's, let's play some football out here. Let's show each other some different kind of things because we're not going to play them in the regular season. So it was, it was cool to see, a li- just get a little taste of what our defense is going to do. And they didn't run any crazy blitzes. They were just regular blitzes, just, run, you know, sh- showing it and going. But we we're, this team's going to blitz a lot, Danny. Oh, yeah. Uh, as you said, luckily the Bengals, they, they kept majority of their starters in, especially on the offensive side of the ball for at least two free series. Uh, for the first two games, Giants basically only ran four-man, very vanilla defenses. But this time they threw some different looks at the Bengals. Bengals did the same for us. So I'm, I'm very happy that we got to play the Bengals and not a team like the Bears, well, at least in week three, because the Bears started absolutely no one. That's the new thing around this league. Uh, the younger coaches and the newer coaches – are not going to play their starters. While I do get the point, I feel like I like that the Giants still get their starters reps because you want to be as ready as you are for week one. But uh, the blitz is definitely going to be a big part of the Giants' defense. As uh, Blitz is probably very big uh, defense. But for the Giants, James Betcher, he likes the blitz. He likes to send crazy stuff at, peop- at uh, opposing teams. So uh, the 64%, that that's a... Maybe I don't think that's a telling sign, but I, I'm with you. It's going to be a little lower than that, but they blitz a lot that game. And sometimes they got there, sometimes they did it. They had more of a pass rush this game than they did any other game in the preseason. Yeah, definitely. Some big question marks still, though. All right, let's go through the, some of the positions. We answer, we take cover a lot in mailbag, so I don't think we're skipping over stuff, but I do want to cover the O-line because we love them, boys. Um, left tackle, Nate Solder. So let's go. I, I just wrote down like how many we'll talk about each player individually we'll start with Nate Solder um he had three bad plays he got beat off the edge on what was that pat that Daniel Jones passed to Gallman where he caught it on his knees um you know but it's it uh it doesn't go down as anything bad because we get the pass off and we gain yards um there was one play where he just he just had a bad play in the run game uh on a a down block and then obviously the one everyone's going to remember uh the big fumble by that where Daniel Jones got smacked um but overall, the O-line played the starting O-line played well, 30 snaps. But like I said, you can't have that kind of play. That kind of play changes games around. We recovered it, but that's, you know, most of the times you're not going to recover that. So can't have that. But Nate Solder, I, I'd say out of all of them, and I know people were going on Will Hernandez because of two penalties, but I think Nate Solder was the one I walked away the least impressed with coming from this game. Uh uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I, I'm on the Will Hernandez really disappointed me. That face mask, why are you even doing that? Uh, as much as, yes, Nate has a very bad play. He basically almost, I almost saw Daniel, Daniel Jones literally died in front of me on that play, but that was his welcome hit to the NFL. But yeah, that's a bad play by Nate Solder. The guy got around him easily. So, uh, I, but um, I, I wasn't as disappointed at Nate Soldier as I was with Will Hernandez. That was Will Hernandez's worst game of the preseason, the worst game he's had in a while. So maybe I'm I'm a little too harsh on uh, – I'm probably being too harsh on Will Hernandez, but uh, I'm with you. The offensive line wasn't horrible, wasn't anything over the moon about, but they did open up some nice running lanes for Wayne Gallman. But those running plays where Wayne Gallman had some good runs, it was like, man, Saquon and this offensive line is going to be something special to watch this year. Yeah, I cannot wait. Uh, so I'll talk about Will Hernandez. Obviously, he had the face mask. And that was like – the face mask helped the guy because it gave him like more – like pull forward. If you're going to face mask somebody, make a count. Um, he got a lot of pen- – he had like seven yards of penetration on one of Daniel Jones's pass plays. 
and then on the pass to Darius Slayton, they ran a stunt. He wasn't ready for it, and he got to it late. Uh, you know, ends up being a good game, but that's just some of the things I noticed. But um, no, like, game-changing, like, bad plays on Hernandez. For the, for the most part, he did pretty well against Geno Atkins. Uh, John Halapio, he was the only one I, I wrote down as not having any mistakes. John Halapio played really well. Um, he didn't, like, dominate or anything, but he didn't have, like, any bad plays, made, at least not that I noticed. Uh, Kevin Zeitler, my BAMF of the week, Bobby's BAMF. I decided to unleash that. That'll be something I do every week. And, by the way, help us out. Um, in fact, it was a listener who helped us out with that one. Uh, but Kevin Zeitler, and I'll look it up when you start talking, Danny, but Kevin Zeitler just completely turned this guy's face mask around. He looked like a headless man because he was just, like, had his hands up in the air with his helmet literally on backwards. He came out of nowhere on this, like, he wasn't on the screen when the play ended. Then all of a sudden I see him come walking in, and I'm like, is he okay? I just noticed his face mask is facing the wrong. Kevin Zeiler, I was like, man, Kevin Zeiler mauled that guy. But uh, this game, after that Dan Duggan video, all I noticed was Kevin Zeiler doing the hop. I'm like, have I been missing this the whole time? It's un, you can't unsee it now. So, but it wasn't being called. So I'm not sure why it was being called so much in the training camp practice with those refs. Maybe those are just refs. Obviously, maybe they're just not the best of refs they had, or these are training guys, so they just called that false start because they had to call that a false start to get good reviews. But uh, Will Hernandez, uh, Kevin Zeiler, that hop is now unnoticeable to me. So that was also something you posted. You got the good look on that. But, uh, yeah, John Hoppio was the most impressive out of this group. They, he didn't do much wrong. But the good thing about this was we, we learned a lot about this offensive line because before they were going up against mainly sometimes second-string guys. This was uh, Gino Ackers, Carlos Dunlap. This was the test they needed because they learned what they need to fix going into Dallas. Yeah, it was Optimistic Giant, at Optimistic Giant, who who did, uh, who who pointed that out to us. So I appreciate that ghost season. Um, Zeitler, he uh, he had a holding penalty. And listen, if, he, if there's a holding penalty, I'm going to call it like I see it. It wasn't a hold. It wasn't at all. Um, he had a miscommunication with a running back on a blitz. I don't know who that was on. But nonetheless, it was what it was. And then he leaned too heavy on one uh, run play, and so he fell. Um, but nothing. But pretty good game from Kevin Zeitler. And by the way, Cleveland scumbags are harassing Sarah's, uh, Kevin Zeitler's wife, Sarah, um, when she shared my video of her Bobby's band. And just, just telling you, only Cleveland, only this, only really? Cleveland. Oh, well, just one was like calling her like super annoying or something. Uh, anyways, Cleveland is scum. Um, and then Mike Remmers had a really good game, except for the play where Nate Solder, uh, you know, gave up the sack for the fumble. Um, that was his only negative play that I saw. And by the way, on that play, I'm going to post this in the morning. I already got it drafted out. It's going to be my, I always try to say like one of my best, my favorite posts for the morning, and that's going to be it. Daniel Jones had a guy screaming down at him and was just looking him dead in the eye like he was going to lay him out. And Daniel Jones, instead of trying to run around or, or fall down, he's like, I'm getting this ball out to the corner route. And it ended up not happening because he got hit from behind. But he was ready to get just jacked up in the jaw and deliver that pass. And, man, that is something beautiful to see. Daniel Jones has no fear. Uh, that – that uh, that college play I posted many months back when Dexter Lawrence absolutely drilled him. Daniel Jones stared Dexter Lawrence in the eyes and said, I'm going to take this hit. Daniel Jones, 
he's not afraid to take hits. And as we said, the guy came back like two, three weeks later after he broke his collarbone. The guy, he's he is something else to watch. I'm so excited when Daniel Jones is the full time starter. But Daniel Jones, he is he has no fear. He will stare. He stares death in the eye. He has no. He will not blink. Can I can I say something though, Danny? Say it. I hate. I really hate to say this. I probably shouldn't. Oh no. But with the Andrew Luck retirement, that that came to mind. It's like, don't take those hits, Danny. Don't take those hits, Daniel Jones. Please no, that, not. That, that's fair. That's fair because we see where that got Andrew, Andrew Luck. Luck is going to change the way I look at every QB hit or minor injury. I'm just uh, – I don't even want to think about that. No. Um, let's not dwell the, on that, but you're 100% the, right, though. The backups that matter, Nick Gates and Spencer Pulley, Chad Wheeler didn't play. Nick Gates, they put back at left guard, which is weird. It's like – like, we know he's decent at left guard. Why don't we try him out at tackle? But I, I'm in love with Nick Gates. I really am. He plays mean and nasty, and he, like, just effort, effort, effort all the time. Um, if he doesn't have any way to block in pass protection, he's going to find somebody and smack him. He had a couple pancakes. Like, a few – he had a few pancakes. He probably had more than any offensive lineman. Uh, the only bad play he had was with the other guy that matters, Spencer Pulley. Um, they, Spencer Pulley got beat. It looked like Nick Gates might have been – like was supposed to at least, like, scrape that defensive lineman instead of just going right past him to the linebacker. So I, I'm not for sure who that was on, but nonetheless, n- not great on either one of their ends. But besides that play for Pulley, Pulley played decent. Not great. Pulley's play, play strength isn't great. He, he'll, you know, he'll allow penetration. But for a backup center, I thought he did pretty good. No, yeah, Nick Gates, they moved him back to his more natural position of left guard. Uh, they believe he's a guy that could play every position, tackle, guard, center, so if they need him to, so they're a fan of Nick Gates. He's gonna be on this roster, but that Spencer Pulley play that, that I didn't even notice that. I thought that was all Pulley, and I put basically all the blame on Pulley. I said he got blown up, but that that would make sense though, because it looked like Pulley was almost on like a like an angle, like he was gonna go block the other guy, but he noticed Nick Gates maybe wasn't in the right position, so he just had to dive back and try and stop him. But yeah, that was just a bad play all around because. Alex Tanny was it was a toss. If Alex Tanny got hit, he could have been sacked. It could have been fumbled. So, uh, luckily, nothing bad came out of that. But no, yeah, Pulley, uh, decent game, nothing special. Nick Gates, uh, coaches are a fan of him, and I'm also a big fan of Nick Gates after the past two games, especially in that Bears game. That's where I caught on to him. Yeah, definitely. And then Scott Simonson had a couple bad blocks. Nothing to worry about. Um, Moving on to the defense, we covered a lot on Friday and, and, and a lot on mailbag, so we don't, I don't want to go too deep into it. Uh, Lorenzo Carter had a couple, like, half more second, like, and he's there plays. Uh, O'Shane did what O'Shane did. Um, the interior guys didn't play bad. I, I Like I said, I like what I saw out of Dexter Lawrence. B.J. Hill didn't have a good game. Um, but overall, uh, I'm, I'm trying to not, like, overreact to the to, to defense not playing great. The first two drives for the defense was very good. That first drive, it was the bend but don't break motto. And then that third and final drive, the defense, they maybe they got a little too confident, but that's where they fell apart. Janoris Jenkins, he tried to jump around way too early, but Dalton ran him perfectly and did, did a great floater over him. You had Jabril Peppers get it beat by the tight end. So I'm still very nervous for this defense. I don't want to dwell on it too much because they, they had their moments. They had some bad moments, but uh, I'm not – Fully confident that I'm going into week one against Dallas because I still very much have my doubts because the pass rush, it was better this week, but it's still almost it's nothing special yet. Uh, the corners, I'm more fine with the corners. Jabril Peppers, uh, as we said on Friday, I think we have to temper our expectations down a little bit because he hasn't been uh, 
mind blown yet. Yeah, we talk about linebackers and corners and mailbag, and the only other note I have is our backup safeties are horrible. Julian Love, I wanted to see what I want to see, like stuff out of him, but they don't have the coach's film available, so I didn't get to see really anything out of Julian Love. But he didn't do anything special, so I don't know if that says anything or not. Um, so, yeah, all right, that's it. Let's uh, throw it to Steve from Blues Clues, and we'll answer some mailbag questions. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Here's the mail, it never fails It makes me want to wag my tail When it comes, I want to wail Alright, thanks Steve from Blue's Clues Danny, let's get into the mail First question comes from Daniel Jones The goat with multiple T's At Ellsbury N-Y-Y, good old Jacoby Ellsbury. Whatever happened to that guy? Uh, Nobody knows. His question is, what do you think the wide receiver hierarchy is going to look like? It seems like we have a mix of solid, undrafted free agents and veterans, but I can't really tell who make the 53-man right now. Thanks. Bobby, I'll send this one to you first. What do you think the wide receiver hierarchy is going to look like? All right, so one and two are Shep and Tate. That's obvious, but Tate's not going to be there for the first four games. Um, after that, I'm going to go with Fowler, one. Uh, I kind of like T.J. Jones a little bit better than Fowler, but Fowler's been consistent, and the Giants are, are high on him. Then we go T.J. Jones, four. I really like T.J. Jones. I might like him more than anybody. Uh, I think he runs really good routes. I think he's got a good connection. You can throw back shoulders. And he, he makes good catches, too. Like, he's not just like a route runner who gets open. Like, he makes really good contested catches. We saw that in the preseason and with the Lions last year, especially, like, that that last game against the Packers last year. And then after that, I'm going to go Russell Shepard. He was with the starters, which was pretty interesting to me. And um, Thursday's game against the Biggles, Bengals. Um, and then after that, I'm going to go Darius Slayton. One, he's a draft pick. He's going to be on the team. Um, and and just the fact that, like, he made a good play. And, like I said, he's a draft pick. He'll be on the team. So that's six, but that's five that are, like, on the team because, because Tate won't be there for the first four games. So why don't you run through your six, Danny, and then we can talk about the rest of it. That's the thing. With Golden Tate being suspended, it, it makes this situation much more interesting because, as he said, we there's a solid group of wide receivers here, and with Tate being out that first first four games will be interesting. But yeah, the first two I'm saying with you, Shepard and Latimer, uh, Shepard and Tate, Tate first, and Sterling Shepard, and then Cody Latimer, obviously, and then this this like, is me. oh my gosh, I completely forgot about Cody Latimer. I'm an idiot. <laughs> and I was in the best. Shep Tate ha- Latimer. So, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I, so that completely throws me off. I gotta bump Slayton over Shepard oh. because I gotta I gotta keep oh, Slayton on this team. Sense. So maybe they'll keep six for the first four games and Shepard be on this team. But yeah, I'm moving Slayton above Shepard. I can't I can't believe you just let me go on without saying Latimer. Dang, Danny, just I I thought you mentioned Latimer. I thought you mentioned Latimer. I thought you mentioned Latimer because he's just someone that like you gotta mention. I, I, I did it look right being like, oh wow, they all make the team and there's no. <laughs> <laughs> that's great no but see this this is where i differ from you i'm a fan of russell shepherd so i'm putting russell shepherd ahead of tj jones i i'm a fan of russell shepherd him running with the ones was a big sign that one he will be on this roster and two they, they just like russell shepherd that's it and then after russell shepherd i have darius slayton because see yeah this as the guy said there are so many talented players on this 
wide receiver side of the ball, and it's gonna be hard to see some of these guys go. And then after that, I I've got to I have to say T.J. Jones because they've been using him in that punt return game. I think that's where they want to keep him, unless Britton Golden has a miraculous game next week uh, or this week technically, then he's not gonna be on the roster. But then you got the likes of Alonzo Russell. Who, oh my God, I forgot Benny Fowler. Oh no. Oh geez. Wow. This, this man. There's so we're many. Screwing up. We're screwing up bad right now. There are so many talented guys. Oh my lord. I'm gonna have to take out T.J. Jones and put Benny Fowler. I, I just have to do it because Eli likes Benny Fowler and he was running with the ones. Eli, Eli, and T.J. Jones don't have it right now. T.J. Jones has been running solely with Daniel Jones, so it's gonna be Golden Tate. Sterling Shepard, Cody Latimer, Russell Shepard, Darius Slayton, and Benny Fowler. But you can not Benny Fowler. It's gonna be the six. But he's he's on that depth chart. Wow, we messed up. A, we forgot so many guys on that. Yeah, it's not our best part. All right, so how about Alonzo Russell or Britton Golden? I don't see either making the team. But which which one of those guys do you like? Uh, Alonzo Russell. He he's he's in that punt return. Uh, Britton Golden punt return. He laid two key blocks. He and on that interception that uh. Tanning through. Alonzo Russell was in the back of the end zone. He chugged it out and was able to catch the Bears to stop the pick six. He's a hustler. The Giants, like, as we said, we say so many people could make the practice squad. I have Alonzo Russell should be on the practice squad because the Giants like him and he's a guy you can rely on if injuries happen at that position. Yeah, people throw out the term like he could be on special teams a lot, but Alonzo Russell has shown it. One, the tackle. Um, he had a forced fumble on a punt. Like you said, those two key blocks, he caught the two-point conversion. He's kind of just done it all. He hasn't had great receiving numbers. But, yeah, I, I guess I would go with Alonzo Russell over Britton Golden so far. Although, Britton Golden's had um, three big plays. Uh, you know, one against the Bears on the on the drag route that he took and then the t- two big catches from Jones. So, Britton Golden's looked good. Um, he also said he wanted to go to Disney with us uh, earlier this week. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to slightly go with Alonzo Russell over him. If, if he didn't fumble that pawn return, I, I feel like – because coaches, the little things, they hold on to that. And when they're looking at this cut-down date, they're going to remember that fumble Britton Golden had on that punt return. Now you can argue literally a few plays before that, he just ran a punt back for a touchdown. So obviously he was still probably in the moment, a little tired. But coaches are going to hold that over Britton Golden. And I, I believe he'll pro- he's not going to make this roster. If anything, they could maybe keep Britton Golden over TJ Jones for the sole fact of the kick ret- punt return game because TJ Jones hasn't looked amazing there. Britton Golden's had a few better returns than him, but I'm a fit. The Bengals game was his best game of the preseason so far, and this Week Four game, as much as like we joked about how it's probably gonna be not fun to watch because we won't see a bunch of the starters, uh, but we'll be seeing Daniel Jones obviously. But there are so many guys on this roster fighting for the spot. Last year, it wasn't as like hard to figure out who would make this roster. This year, there are so many talented guys. It's going to be hard to see some of them go because a bunch of these guys have balled out for us this preseason. Yeah, definitely. Uh, really crowded wide receiver room overall. Yeah, next question comes from BCNYC at Coach T.O. BCNYC. Yes, after, after the hot start by C.J. Conrad and Camp, does he make the final 53-year practice squad, or has he been taken over by Dickerson as the possible third tight end? Uh, Simone has had too many Simonson. drops. Oh, Simonson. I was about to say, like, I don't know who Simone is. But Simonson has had too many drops for my taste. Don't worry. Autocorrect happens to the best of us. Uh, but CJ Conrad, uh, he gets cut. 
Um, he hasn't shown anything to me in the preseason that makes me think he should be on this roster and or the practice squad. Garrett Dickerson is someone who's had to come up the past two games. Uh, maybe they could put him on practice squad since he was there last year and he played in a few games last season. Uh, Scott Simonson, he's going to be on this roster uh, no matter what, unless an injury happens. Him, Ingram, and Ellison are the three guys because Scott, Scott and Ellison are our run blocking tight ends. Ingram, we, we just don't know how good he is at the run blocking yet since we haven't seen him in much action. So uh, Conrad's off the team, and uh, Dickerson did overtake him, especially these last two games. See, I still – Dickerson, if he doesn't make the team, I don't see him even making practice squad. He's kind of had his chance. I know he has some good plays against the Bengals. I still got C.J. Conrad above him. But I do have C.J. Conrad on the practice squad. I know Simonson's had the drops, but he is really vital in the run game um, when they bring out those two tight end sets with him and Ellison. So I definitely have Simonson on this team. I think it would take something crazy for him to not be on the team. But um, And I'm actually going to put together my 10 practice squad guys this week. Uh, C.J. Conrad is going to be one of them. I, I, it, that could go either way. That uh, fourth, especially wide receiver, it's going to be very fun to see uh, – as I said, Dickerson has, as you said, he's been on the practice squad. Maybe the Giants feel he deserves to be at least around this team, or maybe they said he had his chance like, and he doesn't have it anymore. So that will be also fun to see. Next question comes from Freddie Blase at Gmen36. Anyway, Carlock makes, Carlock makes the team. Bobby, does Jay Carlock make this roster? I don't think so. I mean, let's think about our outside linebackers. We got uh, Lorenzo Carter. Um, and Marcus Golden, who I think will be the starters. And then after that, you got Cream Martin and, and O'Shane, the X-Man, Zimenez. Unless they just want to move on from Cream Martin, which I don't see them happening. Happening, They've have, they've, you know, rotated him with the ones. I like Jay Carlock as anybody, as much as anybody, but I just, not to say not that down the line he won't be. Um, and, you know, we, we're going to have injuries this year. You know, hopefully, hopefully not at that position or, you know, we don't. We can't predict injuries, but there will be injuries. So you know, Carlock, very good chance he'll get a shot this season. But I just don't see him making the fifty-three man outright, just because of he's got those four established guys on the team ahead of him. Yeah, I'm with you 100. As much as Jake Carlock's first game was very fun to watch, he hasn't done much of anything in the past two games. Uh, as fun as it is for like me, uh, someone representing Long Island out of Babylon High School and LIU Post. Uh, you're, you're right. He's not making the team. That outside linebacker, there are guys that could get the job done. Unfortunately, he will not make the roster. I, I wish they would put him off ball, though, because a lot of times he's just getting stalemated by these huge tackles. And it's like he's he's a lot smaller. He played DB in college. I, I wish they had put him off ball, let him get in space and make plays. It's kind of aggravating seeing him like solely as like a defensive end pretty much. Yeah, that is annoying, but uh, this fourth preseason game, he can make a name for himself either on this team or for another team. He, he'll be someone to watch this uh, Thursday night against New England. Next question comes from Anthony C- C- oh boy, C- Candelero. I think I got that right. At Navy Giant, he has... It's we Candelaro. Have- Candelaro. He has, we basically have three rookie cornerbacks, and as of now, below average pass rush. What can we really expect from this defense? Does this offense have enough firepower to make up for it? In an episode, I don't know exactly when, I I said this season could be like the 2060 season, but the roles are reversed. In 2016, the offense didn't have the firepower while the defense was our lifeblood. They got us into that playoffs. They made some key stops. This year, I could totally see it being the offense does it. 
gets the job done, and we're carrying the defense because th- this offense, they totally have the firepower to do it. We know the guys on this team. I'm not going to go through the list because we do that about every episode. Uh, but if you dig about it, last year, the Giants offense, they did, and especially those last four games of the season, they got points, but the defense let us down, and this is James Betcher still. So uh, the expectations, it's because of the defense. Uh, we could be very good or and that's because our offense carried us and our defense did enough of a job to hold teams, or it could be very bad because our offense carried us, but our defense just couldn't get stops. Our defense is still very much a scary thing for me, and we're not going to see a majority of them this week. So what we got last against the Bengals was our last taste of them, so I'm hoping they can do enough to stop Dak Prescott and that Dallas Cowboys offense week one. Yeah, this defense is really a question mark uh, right now. Against the Bengals, the starters, I went and counted it up. They blitzed about 60% of the time with the starters in, and it really wasn't good. So, uh, you know, and that's only against path. I don't I don't count run plays into that. So let me just go through the numbers. The Bengals versus the Giants blitz, four for seven, 73 yards, 10.4 yards per play. Not good. And then with a three and four man rush, they're four for six, 64 yards, and the touchdown, which was against Peppers, um, 10.7 yards per play. Both aren't great. Both really aren't great, although we didn't have DeAndre Baker out there. Janoris Jenkins wasn't on his A game. He seemed like he just kind of seemed like a vet who wasn't going to really prepare much for a preseason game, took some chances, um, got mossed on one play. But yeah, it's I don't know. I think O'Shane might get into this lineup a little quicker than we expected after that two sack performance. I mean, you know, he's had three sacks uh, the last two games. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's going to be. To to answer your question, yes, the offense is going to have to really carry this team, and the defense is just going to have to be like a a kind of defense that doesn't give up 35 points a game, a defense that can like be a bend, not break, because um, they are really good against the run. When you get them in the red zone, they've been pretty good. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a huge question mark right now. So we'll we'll see what, uh, how it all plays out. But, yeah, uh, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried about the defense. Next question comes from Ruben F. Vargas at Ruben F. Vargas. Regards from Spain. Hello, from hello. how you doing there, Ruben? You guys think Ballantyne earned the spot at cornerback, too? Uh, he also, if you're, if you're, uh, have, if you like hearing a uh, t- guys talk Giants in Spanish, you can listen to Zona Gigantes. Zona Gigantes. Spanish podcast. And also, Bobby, he sent you a big hug, amigo. Coastas, mi amigo, Ruben. By the uh, way, Danny, you, if you want to say someone's your a real friend instead of an acquaintance, you say mi amigo instead of amigo. So Ruben is mi amigo. I dropped Spanish in high school after I passed it. So uh, d- does Ballantyne earn the second quarterback, second cornerback spot? Uh, no. The cornerbacks are DeAndre Baker, Janoris Jenkins. Oh, Janoris Jenkins first, DeAndre two, Sam, uh, Grant Haley three. And then after that... Uh, it's probably going to be Corey Ballantyne at a uh, cornerback four. And then, cause I just can't play Sam Beal on this cornerback uh, spot with at least ahead of Corey Ballantyne since we haven't seen Sam Beal. He's done n- nothing this training camp. He's been injured. So, uh, he, G- Corey Ballantyne is cornerback number four for me. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Janoris Jenkins and DeAndre Baker's DeAndre Baker, the starters on the outside. That's a guarantee at this point. Julie, or sorry, Grant Haley is in the nickel. That's a, 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 a for sure at this point. 
But man, Corey Ballantyne, I have been really impressed. I might be the most impressed with him out of anybody besides uh, Danny Dimes throughout this preseason. One, he's been really good in coverage. He's had multiple pass deflections. He had the interception in the first game. And he is a really good tackler. Like, if they try and run some bubble screen or something like that, he is all over. Like, he doesn't miss tackles. And, like, man, for a guy we didn't get to see at all, like, he was, like, the only guy that we did, like, uh, you know, scout, a.k.a., you know, what people call scouting reports. We didn't get to do anything on him except for just read his draft report. He has made some plays, man. He has been really impressive in this preseason, and not just in the past game. Like I said, he has been making stops in the run game, being a sure tackler. I, I, I really like Corey Ballantyne, man. That that guy was a real diamond in the rough coming into this draft. And he's also had a, been a decent kick return guy for us as well. So, yeah, as you said, he has been a true diamond in the rough for us. Dave Gelman with a good pick there. Next question comes from KB25 at KBarage60. How does a player like Stupar make an NFL team as a linebacker and can't tackle? Uh, Stupar, is, uh, he can play special teams. Like We say, guys, oh, maybe we could put him on special teams. Nate Stupar is uh, like a guy you put on special teams. That was his role last year. Uh, and also this year, Nate Supar, he seems faster. Uh, last year, he had that big brace on his knee. This year, is not on there, and he seems to be moving a little bit faster. And I, and I said this in our podcast on a Friday. Uh, if Nate Supar did not have that second half, we'd be talking about how decent Nate Supar was in that first half. He had good. He just had a good game up until that second half. Then he just fell off a cliff. So, uh, Nate Supar will be on this team. The Giants like him. When uh, Tay Davis was out with that illness for that day, Nate Stupar was the guy that took his place, not B.J. Goodson. So, that's one that's a sign right there to B.J. Goodson. So, Nate Stupar is on this team. I would be shocked if he's not because Nate Stupar is a special teams guy, and you could throw him out there for, like, a play or two if you need be. I really hope Nate Stupar doesn't make the team. I, I don't know. I just— there's really nothing appealing to him about me. I think he's just kind of average at everything. Uh, I don't think his special teams are good enough to pick up the slack for that. One, me and you talked about, I think B.J. Goodson should be on this team. Um, I, I understand that he had a bad start and not a great camp and, and had injuries and, and wasn't good in that first preseason game. But I still think he's a better linebacker than Nate Stupar. Any, anyways, and I will say this. If B.J. Goodson doesn't make the team, like I said, I think he should, I would put Josiah Toefa out there. Like, yeah, he's not – I don't think he's ready to go right now, but he's got the potential. He flies around on the field. He's, he's, he's a much better pass rusher than uh, Nate Stupar. You could put him in coverage. He's a, a sure tackler. I like Josiah Toefa a lot. And like I said, I don't think he should be on the team because of B.J. Goodson, but I sure as hell would put him over Nate Stupar. I just don't think Nate Stupar is – is like, if you have to call on him, I just – I feel like that's not a, a good position to be in, whereas at least Josiah Toefa, while he may not be like – 100% balls to the wall ready to go for NFL regular season action. I'd rather take a shot with a guy like him over uh, Nate Supar, who we we know what he is at this point. He's a below average linebacker who's decent at special teams, I guess. I pulled up both their stats for talking points. Last season, Nate Supar start, played in all 16 games. He started in one. He had 14 total tackles, and that's it. Uh, that's basically all he did. B.J. Goodson last year, and he played in 15 games. He started in 13 of them, and in those games, he had 61 total tackles, a half a sack, three QB hits, two interceptions, and four passes defended. So uh, I don't know why B.J. Goodson has fallen 
uh, so far down the depth chart. There is really, in my opinion, no reason for it. B.J. Goodson is a good linebacker. I was a big, I'm a big supporter of B.J. Goodson, and I'm with you. As much as I say Nate Stupar should be on the team, I believe B.J. Goodson should be on this team. But for some reason, the Giants don't like him this year. I'm not sure if there's something behind the scenes he did that rubbed him the wrong way with Shermer or Gettleman. So he was uh, drafted by Jerry Reese. That's the thing. Yeah, that's that's so true. So uh, whoever gets B.J. Goodson, it's, they're going to get a very good player because he can be such a quality linebacker, and uh, this could be a big week for him. I posted that clip from that Bengals game. He was tackling these Bengal players with extra force. He was angry, so uh, I'm going to be intrigued to see what he does against New England. Final question comes from Blue Devil for Life at Blue Devil 2 k 10 uh, he asks, obviously, when is Daniel Jones going to start? Well, oh, Against the Patriots. Against the Patriots. Uh, you heard it here first. Daniel Jones is starting against the Patriots. Uh, no, but reality, uh, uh, as John Mara said, hopefully we don't see Daniel Jones this year because that means we're doing well. But if, if it goes south for the Giants fast, that's when Daniel Jones will play. It's all dependent on how well Eli does. If the Giants are doing good, but Eli is the one holding us back, Daniel Jones will be in. If the Giants are just not even in the playoff race, Daniel Jones will be in. It's it's just how far does Eli take us? Yeah, I mean, we've answered this question a million times. If if, if Eli sucks, Daniel Jones will come on. The real question is how quick are they to pull the trigger? Could that trigger be pulled as quick as week three? Or is it going to be like a week eight, week nine thing if Eli struggles throughout the season? Um, I don't know. But we, you know, we've we've answered that question a hundred times. Why don't we why don't we do the one that was DM'd to us uh, by Johnny Rata? By the John- way, Johnny Johnny reply to it in the tweet. Don't send us DMs of it. Johnny Rata at <laughs> J underscore Rata. He has hypothetically, of course, instead of selecting Barkley last year, and instead we take Darnold. At six in twenty nineteen, we take Josh Allen and use the seventeenth pick to take a back like Jacobs. Or Montgomery, how different do you feel about this team? Uh, hmm. It's that, the biggest what if ever because there's yeah, no really doubt is. that we're picking at like if Sam Darnold is playing, um, maybe we're picking at eight and Josh Allen's not there. It's just such a big what if, and I don't know. Like I said, I like Sam Darnold. I think he's a good player, but I'm I am much happier with yeah. Saquon and Daniel Jones than I would be with Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. I really am. I like Josh Allen. I think he'll be a good player. But I also don't think Josh Allen is this lock to be this good player. I know he had a good preseason game the other night. But Josh Allen is not a lock. Like, he's kind of a – he's not small. But he's not like this big, like, like Khalil Mack, uh, Von Miller type guy. Like, I don't know. I just don't think Josh Allen is this lock at defensive end that other people think he is. Like, how many times do we see these defensive ends at the top of the draft – not pan out. I'm not saying that's what Josh Allen's going to be, but I don't think Josh Allen is this complete lock, like change. I don't think he's going to change the Jaguars defense year one. I don't. Uh, maybe he will because they have so many other guy, good guys on the interior with Calais Campbell and he'll get a lot of one-on-ones. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll listen back to this and I'll sound like an idiot because Josh Allen's the best pass rusher in the game. But uh, I'm much, and then with like getting a running back at 17, like, I don't know. I feel like running backs are top five or middle round. Uh, Josh Jacobs, like, yeah, he's a good runner, but I don't think he's anything like, I don't think he's going to be a special back the way Saquon is like, and I, I know we're home, like we are, we're homers with this, but Saquon has the chance to be the best running back of all time. He really does. And I don't, I don't think that's far-fetched to say. I was all in on Saquon Barkley last year. I, I knew what we had at quarterback and I didn't care. I wanted Saquon Barkley on this team. And 
as as much as Sam Darnold is a good quarterback and as much he could light up the league this year, I'm I'm more than happy with our situation having uh, a generational running back in and Saquon and having hopefully the future in Daniel Jones. I'm with you, Josh Allen. I believe he'll be very good in this league, but he can also be very bad in this league. Uh, And Montgomery or Jacobs, give me Saquon any day of the week. So I'm happy with the situation we're in. I feel like even though the critics were saying, oh, the Giants should have drafted a quarterback last year, uh, that that thing's out the window now. The Giants got a quarterback, a very good quarterback in Daniel Jones, and they got the Saquon Barkley. So if you look at it, the Giants are basically – they had the game plan to succeed, and they they won, in my opinion. In my opinion, the Giants would have gotten a good quarterback in either Justin Herbert or Daniel Jones, but that's teaching their, their own. But I'm very happy with our situation. Yeah, and and if you want to say, like, oh, Daniel, like Dave Gettleman just got lucky to get his quarterback the next year, okay, fine. Like, that's what the NFL is about. There's a lot of luck involved with this whole draft process. There's okay. no there's no perfect – there's no, like, scientific formula for it. Like, there's a lot of luck involved. I saw someone going out, like – like that was lucky. It's like okay, like so what? Welcome to the NFL. <laughs> yeah, like it's, okay, it's lucky. It's I, based on luck, that doesn't bother me. Um, at least, like you know, you don't know who's gonna fall to you. I don't know. Like who's to say the Raiders? You know, like the Raiders took Cleveland Farrell. We weren't expecting Josh Allen to fall to us. Um, so, anyways, uh, all right. So that's a show. We'll have player profile previews all week, and then we'll have a Friday show recapping the Patriots game. Um, so yeah, it's gonna we're. We're less than two weeks away, folks. So until next time, let's go Big Blue. you just heard was made using anchor ever thought about making your own podcast anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started it's a one-stop shop for recording hosting and distributing podcasts best of all it's a hundred percent free sign up now at anchor.fm slash new that's anchor.fm slash new to get started